Hey, grown-ups, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor has a menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50. That's T-A-L-E-S 5-0. And use code tales50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com. Dot com slash tales 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey grown-ups, I have something exciting to share with you. There's a brand new kids podcast out now that I think you're going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. This show is perfect if you love adventures, solving riddles, and maybe even some wacky math problems. But I need a little help from some new friends to tell you more. Max and Molly, take it away. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales, a kid's podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I have to wish a very happy birthday to Nala. Nala, I hope you have an awesome birthday. And I've got to send a couple of special shout outs to Jaya, Maeve, and Della. Nala, Jaya, Maeve, and Della, thank you all so, so much for listening to Girl Tales. It means so much to me. Now, on to our episode. This is Artie and the Sword. Enjoy! I would like to tell you about a friend of mine. Her name was Artie, and she had this really cool sword. And, oh, um, wait... Before I tell you about Artie, I think I need to set the scene a little bit. You see, Artie lived in Freshwater, but she was here a long, 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 long time ago. So think back, back before there were cars or trains, back to a time when people traveled by horse and carriage. Think back before there were cell phones or regular phones, back to a time when people communicated by letters. Well, I guess we still do that. Think back to a time when there was magic. Now, you might be saying magic still exists, and you're right. But back in Arthurian times, magic was everywhere. You see, they had books, but not everyone knew how to read. And this was long before electricity, so you couldn't just put on your favorite movie. You had magic for entertainment. 
But magic could also heal you if you weren't feeling well, or even soothe you to sleep if you were feeling restless. It was pretty cool. Most importantly, magic also guided kings and queens in their decision-making. Court magicians could have prophecies or magical visions into the future that could help rulers make their decisions about how to rule. Prophecies could also help kingdoms celebrate in times of plenty or prepare for times of hardship. And in this court, Merlin the Magician had just had one of those magical future visions. Let's just say it wasn't pretty. She knew she had to warn the king and queen that danger was coming. The king and queen had just had a baby, and when Merlin found them, they were right in the middle of planning a large party for their kingdom of Aqua Nova to celebrate the arrival of their new child. Merlin tried to warn them, but they brushed her aside. Go away, Merlin, they said. We have enough to worry about with our menu and the cake and the decorations. We have no time for your foolish magic. Merlin tried to warn them over and over, but they would not listen. So Merlin made a plan. If the king and queen would not save the kingdom of Akvanova, at least Merlin could save the child. Next in line, and the only true heir to the royal throne. So, on the night of her prophecy, which, if you couldn't tell by now, came true, Merlin rescued the baby, using a magical spell to protect her, and carried her away on horseback as the royal palace fell. Merlin rode away with the child long into the night. When she felt it was safe, Merlin placed the child in the care of a knight named Sir Ector who had recently had a child of his own. Sir Ector was happy to be a foster father and take in the child. Call her Artie, Merlin instructed, and vanished into the night. I know, this all sounds pretty dramatic, but, well, it was pretty dramatic, and although Artie was saved from all of the drama, it continued around the palace for quite some time. In the years following the fall of the kingdom, many people tried to take control over the throne. They would be successful for a little while, but for one reason or another, it just would not last. Leading a group of people is hard work. It takes strength, courage, kindness, and the willingness to help others. And most people just wanted to sit on the throne for the glory of it all. So the kingdom changed leadership pretty frequently. Those leaders would change all the rules, sometimes whenever they wanted. It got pretty confusing for the citizens of Akvandova. Merlin knew that it was time to check on Artie. By now, she was 11 years old, and her foster brother, Kay, was training to be a knight. Artie had wanted to be a knight too, but Kay needed a squire, or someone to carry all the armor and shields and stuff. So, Artie was happy to help. In fact, Artie was happy to help everyone. She helped Sir Ector clean up around the house. She helped cook and serve food to people who were hungry. She even helped old ladies cross the street. Well, a dirt path. And she was kind to everyone she met. Artie was always happy to help Kay. 
But in her free time, Artie loved to learn. While Kay studied the routines of a knight, Artie studied the history of knights, the aerodynamics of swords, the materials of shields. And so when a mysterious tutor just happened to show up to Sir Ector's house asking if anyone wanted to learn, Artie took to it like a fish to water. After all, this tutor was a fabulous teacher. She seemed to know everything about everything. Like magic. And she seemed familiar. Like someone Artie had known since she was a baby. But that couldn't be possible. Right? You might have guessed by now that this tutor was someone Artie had known since she was a baby. It was Merlin. Initially, Merlin had just wanted to make sure Artie was doing all right. But when she discovered that Artie loved learning, she was thrilled to teach Artie everything she knew. When Artie wasn't on squire duty, she learned how to read and write. She learned about the environment, about physics and how things work. She learned history, legend, and legacy. Artie began to use the knowledge she had to help others around the town. She would read stories to the kids to keep them entertained, fix broken tools with her knowledge of physics, even help maintain a neighbor's garden with her knowledge of caring for the environment. Artie was getting quite the reputation for being a hard worker, and strong, and courageous, and kind, and always willing to help others. Merlin, seeing all of this, knew that she had to act. The throne was continuing to change hands, but maybe there was a way to bring peace back to the kingdom and restore Artie to her rightful place on the throne. Oh, she could create a test, one that could determine once and for all the true ruler of the kingdom. In a clearing in the woods, she summoned as much magic as she could muster. As her magic built, the air around her seemed to swirl, even though there wasn't much wind. Her feet lifted from the ground, her robes billowing, and on the ground beneath her, a large, heavy stone began to materialize. It was large enough to climb, far too big to move, and definitely unusual enough to be noticed. That's it, she thought. She continued to send her magic into the stone and saw that there was something else. It was embedded into the stone and glimmering in the sun. Why, it's a sword, she exclaimed. The sword was sturdy, and the hilt glittered with beautiful jewels. As Merlin's magic finished building the sword in the stone, Merlin inscribed the words, Whoever is able to pull this sword from the stone will be the rightful ruler of the kingdom. Into the stone. With one last flurry of magic, she imbued into the stone that the rightful ruler could not want the sword for themselves, but could only want it to help others. She hid behind a tree and waited to see if anyone would try her new test. Sure enough, she saw a soldier running through the woods, chasing a deer. He almost ran past the stone, but did a double take and stopped. Huh? That wasn't here before, he said. Merlin watched the soldier as he approached the stone and read the inscription. 
Whoever is able to pull this sword from the stone will be the rightful ruler of the kingdom? Well, well, well. I was going to try to sit on the throne next week anyway. It would be pretty cool to be king. I would get to wear a crown and everyone would bow to me. I bet I would be a great ruler. The soldier climbed the stone and grabbed the hilt of the sword, hope in his eyes. He pulled the sword, and nothing. It wouldn't budge. He tried again. Maybe having two hands on the hilt would help. Nope. Okay, this time he'll pull fast. Maybe it's like a speed thing. Still, the sword would not budge. And the soldier walked away sheepishly. Merlin breathed a sigh of relief. Her magic had worked. The kingdom was safe until the rightful ruler could pull the sword from the stone. As the years passed by, this stone became pretty legendary around the kingdom. On any given day, you could see a group of people lined up waiting to try to pull the sword from the stone. I will go down in history as the rightful ruler, someone would yell. But the sword would not move. Everyone will love me, you'd hear someone else yell. Still, the sword remained. Every year, Akva Nova would have a knight's tournament. Knights from all across the land would come to Akva Nova to compete, see the palace, and even try their luck at pulling the sword from the stone. This year, Kay had entered the tournament for the first time. Artie, being Kay's squire, was sure that she had loaded her carriage with everything Kay needed to compete. Kay's sword, Kay's shield, Kay's horse, Kay's armor, Kay snacks, of course. But somehow, Kay's sword got left behind, which, of course, went unnoticed until they had arrived in Akvanova. Without a sword, Kay couldn't compete. Kay was distraught, but Artie offered to help. Don't worry, Kay, said Artie. I'll find a sword for you. Artie ran around Akvanova looking for a sword and couldn't help but notice a feeling of familiarity. Like she was returning to a place she had known long ago. Her feet almost instinctively took her to the local inn to look for a spare sword. But it was locked. The owners had left for the day to watch the tournament. Artie tried the blacksmith, amazed that it felt like she could almost remember where it was. But the blacksmith had just sold her last sword to another knight. What was she going to do? Artie began to panic, so she ran into the woods to catch her breath. There, in the center of a clearing, was a large, round stone. It looked too unusual to be there by accident, far too heavy to have been moved there by anyone, and large enough to climb. Artie climbed up the stone and saw, sticking out of it at an angle, was a sword. What luck! Artie could use the sword for Kay! 
Artie saw there was some inscription written next to the sword, but figured it wasn't anything important. She put one hand on the hilt and pulled. 4K, she cried. The sword glided from the stone like it was coming out of sand. Thrilled, Artie ran back towards the town, sword in hand, ready to help Kay. Kay! Artie yelled excitedly. I found a sword for you to use. Kay was the last soldier to check in for the tournament. When he presented his new sword to the registrar, the registrar got a funny look in his eye. I've seen this sword before, he said in disbelief. Where did you get this? Artie stepped in front of Kay. I found it, she said. Over there in the woods, it was sitting in a large stone. The registrar stood up. I don't believe you. No one has ever been able to pull that sword from the stone. It's been stuck in there for years. I even tried to pull it out once back in my soldier days. It wouldn't budge. And I was strong. You expect me to believe that a teenager was able to dislodge it? But now a small crowd was beginning to form around the registrar's desk. Kay, Artie, and the beautiful sword. They murmured in disbelief. Come, said the registrar. Lead me to the stone. Artie led the crowd back to the stone and placed the sword back where it had been lodged. The sword glided back easily, like it was being put into a sheath. Now, remove it said the registrar. Artie pulled. The sword emerged from the stone. Same as before. The crowd gasped. Artie put it back into its place in the stone, nervous she had done something wrong. The registrar climbed the stone and rolled his eyes at Artie, convinced it couldn't be real. He put one hand upon the hilt of the sword and pulled. It wouldn't budge. Kay tried. Nothing. In fact, everyone in the crowd tried to pull the sword from the stone, but when they were all finished, it was still stuck there, as if with magic. When Artie told me about this, even I didn't believe her. But she took me to the stone, which is still here, by the way, put her sword back in it, and let me try. Let me tell you, that thing was never going to move. But when Artie tried again in front of the crowd... The sword came out easily. Everyone cheered. Some burst into tears. Others bowed low. Why are they bowing? Artie asked. I have no idea, said Kay. Should we bow too? A voice emerged from behind a tree. The sword has been pulled from the stone. That voice sounds like my tutor. Artie thought, curiously. As the figure emerged from behind the tree, Artie could see that she was their tutor, that her appearance had changed. Allow me to introduce myself properly, Artie, she said. I am Merlin the Magician. I placed this sword here as a test. A test of what? asked Artie. Read it yourself said Merlin, pointing to the inscription in the stone. I taught you how to read, after all. Artie looked at the inscription and read aloud. 
Whoever is able to pull this sword from the stone will be the rightful ruler of the kingdom. You see, Ati, Merlin said, bowing low. You were able to pull the sword from the stone. Everyone else who tried to pull the sword only thought of glory for themselves. You wanted the sword to help someone else. You are worthy of ruling this kingdom. Artie was crowned that day, and she ruled with hard work, strength, courage, a kind heart, and was always willing to help others. Her leadership inspired and encouraged the citizens of Akvanova to act the same. The kingdom entered a period of prosperity and happiness. Merlin even got to rejoin the court too. Now I know, I know, you might be saying, Rebecca, how do you know that this is real? Well, from time to time, Artie and Merlin come back to Akvanova now known as Freshwater, to visit their friend, some lady who lives in the lake. On one of their visits, Artie told me the whole story, and Merlin even used some of her magic to show me what it was like. Now, Artie had plenty of other adventures after becoming queen, but I'll have to tell you about them another time. Merlin promised she was going to teach me some magic after this. That was Artie and the Sword, written by Megan Begala, produced by Tessa Flannery, performed and executive produced by me, Rebecca Cunningham. Original theme music by Eli Denby-Wood and Amy Geisbers Van Wyke. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you love this story, share it with a friend. Oh, and remember, I believe in you. Always a day when you feel like giving up And so many moments you think you're not enough But you gotta remember, yeah, you gotta remember Being a princess Ain't about the dresses strong in the night you gotta remember yeah you gotta remember